that's is that typically kind of where you have a lot of your uh, music knowledge from? So to no, speak? my mom. Okay, I, your mom. I, my mom. My mom was the one that was really like the importance of knowing the helicopter noise right as Pink Floyd's Brick in the Wall plays. Like being able to be like, that's Pink Floyd. Like that was. on her feet a weekly podcast where i sit down with a special guest and we deep dive into the record they cannot stop hitting play on this week we have drummer jordan mclean from seth ward in the silence hello jordan yo how are you good how are you good what record are you bringing to the turntable today so when i was asked about this uh subject matter i was a little uh, under the impression it was kind of an album that maybe changed my life it definitely can be it can be yes okay all rules all rules apply there's a, there's different uh questions but you know like an album that i can't stop playing play on right now or just in general throughout life uh, decades span for sure so to the going back to the original album that you know kind of changed uh the the uh not slingshot trajectory okay of my uh life so it would have been i would have been a freshman i think the year this band put this record out um maybe sophomore i don't think i was in music just yet maybe but maroon five songs about jane uh, it had their very first breakout single harder to breathe on it uh which they don't really get the credit for because she will be loved uh, just like skyrocketed for whatever reason. I think their first single, Harder to Breathe, hit closer to me. But that record, front to back, is truly a work of art. Okay, so I've gone back. Whenever we, whenever this first came that you were going to do this record, I went back to research and I listened to it. And it is an absolute banger. It is. And it does not get the recognition that it, it deserves at all. Right. And But it came out... And kind of an, an, an interesting time in music. So, like you said, Maroon 5's uh, Songs About Jane, it was released in 2002. Prior to Maroon 5 being Maroon 5, they actually formed a band in 1994 called Kara's Flowers. They were kind of this emo alternative punk band. If you guys haven't ever listened to them, go find their work on YouTube. Honestly, they were great. They were a great band. They were signed to a record label. They were actually dropped from that record label. They decided to kind of go their separate ways. They all went to college. In 1997, they kind of came back together. They regrouped, and then they were re-signed to Reprise Records and changed their name to Maroon 5. They talk a little bit about in interviews as a band being growing up in Los Angeles as uh, being very privileged and not having a whole lot of access to other cultures and different types of music, and then how going to college really expanded their horizons in a lot of ways. So they were introduced to like funk and jazz and hip hop. And I think 
that changed the way that they created music. And it's definitely something you can feel in songs about Jane. There's a lot of that influence in like Sunday Morning and The Sun. Like there are a lot of those heavy funk influences in there, which I think is awesome. And that's really what makes the album, honestly. Uh, So the album was released in 2002, like I said. Uh, The album had three major singles straight out of the gate. So Harder to Breathe, Harder and Harder to Breathe, like you'd said, uh, She Will Be Loved and This Love all hit the billboard, which was just kind of crazy for that time. They all peaked at number six on the Billboard 200 charts in the U.S., and the album went quadruple platinum in 2005. Also, the same year, 2005, they won Best New Artist of the Year. So this album really just kind of skyrocketed the band into fame, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is just so cool. It's so cool. And that the whole title of Songs About Jane really kind of refers to J- a Jane Doe. So it's like it could be about anybody, right? right? And it's a concept album, which I didn't know. Yeah. So start to finish, he Adam kind of talks about uh, how he's in a toxic relationship. It's this is a really tumultuous relationship, but basically the sex is so good he can't leave. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna leave her hanging, yeah. or he's not gonna let go. But yeah, just in my research of this album, I was like, dang, there's a lot of meat here for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those when it when it came out as. Uh, thank God being the, uh, I wasn't in the household. I wasn't like banned from listening to certain things, you know, a, a risque record, so to speak like that. It's a, I was allowed to, you know, really dive in. I think it's because some of the other songs that weren't the singles, like there's some, some really, uh, like this amazing sexiness to them. And I just, I was just floored right out of the gate. Yeah. It just harder to breathe. It, it uh and like I said, this was before so 2002, I was a sophomore. I I literally just started playing music and uh it was it was a band. It was you could tell it was real drums. It, nothing was processed. Um you know, a pretty good vocal um and this amazing musicianship that was crisp, it was defined. And it's like, why why that record for me? And there's so many out at that time. There were some amazing bands. Some, some of my favorites, Incubus is one of my favorite bands of all time. But why I gravitate towards Songs About Jane, as a drummer, I loved everything that he put down on that record it's perfect yeah it's it's flawless to me and uh, you you put together every you know instrument on that record and and it's just amazing like you said it's a it's a banger from front to back right from start to finish for sure yeah they had an interesting um a start or like an interesting like groundwork for how they started because they came into the music industry in a really, really cool or like, you know, transitional time in the music industry. So throughout the 90s, we kind of saw artists, like underground grassroots artists like Jewel, who was singing in her van or playing in coffee shops, or like Pearl Jam, who was coming up through the underground of Seattle or Nirvana. So these bands were gaining all of this cult followings uh, on their own, and they were getting radio play. 
And there stopped being a need really for major record labels. Of course, the record labels were like, absolutely not. Like right. we're going to cultivate and spoon feed you what we want you to listen to because that's how we're going to make our money. Like you're not taking out the middleman. So they began to kind of, you know, produce artists that were manufactured in a lot of ways. And Maroon 5 is interesting in the sense because they have a foot in both worlds. So like they're, they're grassroots. They started in someone's garage in Los Angeles somewhere, you know, in a a prominent neighborhood they they formed as a band they worked as a band they grew up together but they also kind of sold out just a little bit but i have to have respect for that because that is what made them who they are you know adam levine's laughing all the way to the bank he's not worried about the fact that he's being a call you know being called a sellout in any circle so you know i respect it yeah after you know they achieved this level of success this global success from songs about jane most bands are probably judged the the most off of their sophomore record uh being that songs about jane would be their their freshman record we'll say so it's like a record so groundbreaking what are you gonna do next right yeah uh you know based on their stardom and their next record was great i still very much so listen to it and they also have a b-side of that record that's great as well why the b-side songs didn't land on the actual record is beyond me because the b-side is better uh to me but songs about jane it's like I don't know to they they got more poppy on the second one a little more um uh not techno is the wrong word but you it got away from this band type feeling mm-hmm. whereas I felt so connected to songs about Jane on and like you said that that time frame in the music industry, uh, you could argue it's like the best time or the worst time, depending on maybe what band you were, right. what what success you had. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Adam. Uh, his he changed after songs about Jane, and I'm not saying this to discredit Maroon Five, so to speak. They, uh, who am I right. compared to yeah. any of them? You right. know, for sure. Uh, they were just, they were doing the, they were doing what they were doing, but at, from a musical standpoint, uh, let's say as an instrumentalist, that it that record is flawless. Yeah, and uh, I loved hearing the raw, the rawness of it. Yeah, uh, every every instrument is is just truly amazing on it. Yeah. For sure. And I think that's one of the reasons that it did so, one of the reasons that it did so well, and aside from the music being amazing, was the vulnerability of the album. So like we hadn't really ever seen a man openly create an album, 
in film, music, whatever, where he's talking about how he's essentially whipped, right? So, like, he's openly admitting, like, I am obsessed with this woman. I'm going to sleep in my car outside of her house <laughs> until she decides to pay attention to me. And the girls at that time, 15 to probably 30, were just, like, floored. Like, it, we had we'd come off of... Um, you know, the, the 80s and, and the 90s where, you know, Playboy and Hustler had really gained traction in objectifying women and women were seen as disposable. And then you have this really cute, authentic rock band come up and they're like, actually, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. And we were like, that please, you know, like, and it, I think that was what added to um, their success 100%. Yeah, that's, uh, you said, did you say authenticity? Is that the word you used? Probably, yeah, for sure. It gave it gave a sophomore in high school. It gave this sense of swag to the guys of you know what? It's cool to be to vulnerable. be to be vulnerable, yeah, and it's cool to uh, go after. The girl that you just that you desire that right. that you want it, it, not not in a in a I, psychotic way. <laughs> no, so that's course. what's hard. Is a friend of mine and I were actually just talking about this. Is like we were, you know, that that like I said, sleeping in your car outside of her house and like watching her do things. And like at the time when you're in middle school or high school, you're like, that's so sweet. Yeah, now yeah. you're like, that's <laughs> not that sweet anymore. But you yeah. know it. I, I mean, it just, it was unlike anything else that had ever been made before it. Right. And that, I think that's really why it, it dropped such a, a big pin in the music industry. Yeah. For sure. And then the talent to back it up. And then the looks, because every single one of those guys is just top notch. <laughs> so like, where do you go wrong? You know? Yeah. That's just a recipe for success. For sure. Every, every girl, you know, if you, if you played guitar, by all means, the, the, let's say the, the John Mayer entrance to the musical world if you played guitar and played john mayer you were set for life you know amongst the the females but uh you but, know maroon five if you play if you even just dabbled in she will be loved you were you were in you had yeah, every sure. girl in the room swooning for you and that record gave you that swag it gave you that emotional connection to uh the girl you were after right you know? for sure and that it was amazing it was it was a band yeah it wasn't just a solo guy you know not that there's anything wrong with that by any means but it just gave you this amazing sense guy or girl that like this band is amazing yeah and yeah it was uh uh you you, you said it best this authentic uh feel to right it. yeah so the so it's kind of neat the uh the drummer on that record they he was also cares flowers and and whatnot uh he i don't know really how long him and adam had had uh played together but he ended up breaking his arm right after the record was out or not long after he broke his arm in a softball game oh no and um this is like after the album had like 
launched. Achieve, yeah. Every girl like, is like running to Hastings. Right, right. Sprinting. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he broke his arm in a softball game, told the band that uh, he wanted to return, uh, that, that he had aspirations to return, mm -hmm. and then they went on and did the second record with a different drummer that oh. was on it. Okay. Well, you know, you were and out. Sorry your arm broke. Essentially, I don't I don't know exactly if they said that you're out or if he just bowed out. Because oh, yeah, because they maybe he was maybe a little afraid of the fame or couldn't ultimately get back drum wise to where he once was. He wasn't, he's not this astounding drummer. However, he laid the drums down on one of my favorite records of all time. Right. The dude can play. Right. So I, I'm not sure, but long story short, the drummer lost his spot. And then come the sophomore record, they achieve even more higher success. Yeah. And he lost out on that. Moral you know? of the story is don't play softball after you've don't just play. launched a major yes. album. Right. Um, right. Yeah, going back to what you said, I don't I'm not exactly sure when John Mayer hit the scene. I believe that it was a little bit after Maroon 5, but I'm I'm going to bet that Maroon 5 walked so that John Mayer could run. You know, and and that that, that moment of uh, vulnerability cuz that was kind of uh, I know John Mayer came out with the the really cute song about like going back to high school or whatever, but really Bodies of Wonderland is what set him on the map um and that was all about his his vulnerability and like you know so um i mean like i said i'm not 100 sure don't come for me in the comments because maybe <laughs> maybe john mayer was out before i don't believe so though i'm not i'm not sure about that but i i would i would dare to say that maroon 5 really kind of uh, paved the way on that down that path for yeah. a lot of artists not just john mayer for sure when i i've had similar discussions with people about um you know, records that really got us involved into uh, playing instruments and stuff. Not that not that songs about Jane propelled me to play an instrument, but it did give me uh, this sense of, okay, the drums are simple. Uh, you know, guitar and bass is simple. I can do this. Yeah. I can I can learn this instrument and and play it effectively. And yeah, they were they were. Musicians don't want to admit it, but when I talk about it, yeah, when I bring up Maroon Five songs about Jane as as such a juggernaut of mm. a musical record, they're just it's like this light bulb goes off. Yeah. Oh my gosh i i I forgot about that record. Yeah. Did you though, or are you just don't want to admit that you were once a Maroon Five fan? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like, come on now, like you got to give credit where it's due, and that, yeah, uh, the record is just amazing. Yeah, and it I is. Just, yeah, uh, I I tell, being a drummer, I tell any uh, kid or anybody that wants to learn an instrument, if if they're wanting to learn bass, go listen to that record. Yeah. Go go dive into that. It's true musicianship. The, the whole way well you had talked about harder and harder to breathe as like one of your top tier for the record and really the drums that come in right as the song starts and yeah. kind of play throughout that makes the song absolutely so i mean yeah you're right like that that the baseline for any of the the drum set 
throughout all of the songs really are what creates the beat and keeps it all together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, particularly on Harder to Breathe, I mean, I could understand how having a broken arm, like you couldn't, could not perform. Like you can't Def Leppard that one. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you probably wouldn't have the attack uh, right. In any more that that is required to No shade to Def Leppard. I'm he's a fantastic one-armed run armed drummer. I just don't know of any other ones, okay? Yeah. Like no shade. He's one of one, no pun intended. One, oh, okay. Well, that's a little shade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then for those of you that don't know, um Hastings, if you're super young, uh, Hastings was like Spotify, but it was an actual place you had to go to buy your music just to circle back around a little bit. Um I know I threw Hastings out there and some some of our little Gen Zers are probably like what's that? Like what's that Hastings? It was our our was, safe haven right it was our <laughs> heaven on earth smelled of coffee books yeah. and was just the best place to be yeah for every, sure every week yeah you go down. to see the new albums that are out that social media wasn't really around then to be able to research whose record is coming out that day you just went to the <laughs> store to find Oh my gosh, this band has a new record out. I have to buy it. Or I have to listen to it there. That was the beauty of Hastings. You could listen to every record. Here's what you did you watched TV, like One Tree Hill, and then a song played in the background, and you were like, What is that song? So then you did a deep dive into all of the resources you had, and then you went and bought the album and fell in love with the entire album and the artist, and you were set. And then you would go to your computer and download the song on LimeWire and give your computer aids, you know. That is showing a little bit of, of age. Yeah. I, I don't remember getting anything off One Tree Hill. <laughs> LimeWire is also a little bit past my time. Napster. Okay, no. Was See, probably... I was too, I'm too young for Napster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Napster is the OG. Now, did you did you also get a ton of viruses on Napster? Uh, no. That's okay. what the, the... See, LimeWire came and screwed everything up. Yeah. You know, now, I mean... Napster really did, you know. That was also that was the that was the as well. Yeah, that was the birth of LimeWire. Really. Yeah, but however, regardless, that was your method, and it's a great method. Yeah, it worked. You know? I have amazing mix CDs to this day that I will stand by forever. Yeah. So, but yes, just just a little just a little history lesson for my 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 youngins out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really was glad to do a deep dive and learn. Like I said, the conceptual story of this super tumultuous, toxic relationship. I think it was in Tangled that Adam talks about how he cheats on Jane because she cheated on him. So like an eye for an eye. I mean, it was just all over the place. It was it was literally the relationship he could not quit. Yeah. And we can all relate to that. We've all been in one of those. So like I feel like that's why it hit such a, a deep chord with Everyone, anyone, everyone. Yeah. Um, not just because Adam was so unbelievably vulnerable and all of the women just couldn't hold it together, but yeah. that for sure. It was just the the outline of, of such a a toxic relationship that went on for, I think he said years, like three or four years. It ruined him. <laughs> it, did it, did it yeah. ruin him or was he... I, that's well, I don't know if you've seen Adam Levine's latest... Maybe two years. I wasn't gonna bring it up, but if we're gonna bring it to the table, <sighs> we might as well, you know, talk he, about the elephant in the room. He done goofed up. He well, you know, if if uh, I think Adam's always been that way. I mean, Tangled is literally a song about him cheating on his girlfriend. So like, 
Mm, we can't blame it on the fame or anything else. It's just well, he's just Adam he Levine. He's I guess Adam Levine. I guess he can sort of do what he wants. He can. He's had no. I mean, his wife's still there. They had their baby. They're fine. He can oh, do. He's still married. I didn't know that. Yeah, she stayed. Oh, dad, go. Yeah. Well, go Adam <laughs> for writing songs about Jane. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they tangled's a, a, a great point. Every song has its. Every song could have been a single. Yeah, they were all great. Uh, they they all have this amazing voice, and they're so unique from song to song. Harder to breathe. This rock, uh, funky, uh, just out of the gate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, greatness. And you've got several other songs that show this jazzy, softer side that this group can also perform. And, and these amazing guitar riffs that are, yeah, again, funky and uh, rock and uh, little bluesy, uh, just these good, but it was happy. Right. I never felt throughout the record, I never felt sad or uh, not that. You know, sad records don't have their place, but it was like I want, I want to, I want to listen to this again. Yeah. After that first time, for sure. You know, they they have a live song. Well, it's a lot of overdubs on it, but you know, they have a live song on the record at a at a concert, and it's like, oh my gosh, like you can do a live song and it be on a record this is so good like he see it's it was just awesome as getting getting into music and there's several other records i was thinking about Mm -hmm. Uh, you know matchbox 20 one of the greatest bands of all time still going Mm -hmm. uh they also put out a record right in that same time frame was it um Let's see if I can get this. Oh wait. <laughs> okay, I I can uh, I can see the the cover in my my mind. It's the guy with the hat, right? And the... uh, that was their first record. Oh, okay, Your, then... yourself or someone like you, which that's yes, great. yourself or someone like you. Yes, that yes, was, yes, that yes. Was... That's my favorite. I think Matchbox Twenty for sure. Which we're gonna have to save all of these. You know that. Like you're gonna have to come back on the show with a different Gl- album, and we're we're gonna have to do another deep dive into Gladly. something else. Uh, we've I've got maybe. <laughs> Uh, 137 records ready to talk about. Great, great. <laughs> Just a recurring guest. So, yeah. Uh, so, so at at that time, like you said, the the beauty of that time frame in the in the music industry, there were these amazing records coming out, um, that that gave a high schooler, late middle schooler, hope that. Okay, these are simple songs. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pretty uh, achievable vocal to to go after. Um, drums aren't super complex. Um, you felt such connection to the '95 to 2005 about that decade of music. You felt super um, super connected to. To what was going on? We had the music stores back then. We had the, the, the 
the memorable times of going with your friends to to listen to these records. That's what you did. Yeah. You know, I, and I wouldn't want it any other way. So you go and, uh, you know, who's, what's this Maroon 5, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it's a band, you know, I'll, I'll check them out. If, if you hadn't ever heard the single, there's no way, no way you couldn't just put that record in not knowing who they were and hear you know, da, 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 mm-hmm. harder to breathe and not be like, whoa. Yeah, right. This is great. Yeah. Well, and at the time, the music video was everything. It was everything. <laughs> there was It was what sold you. It was what got on MTV back when MTV actually had music videos on the mm. channel. Um, Rest in peace. <laughs> VH1, you know, I mean, and, and honestly um, – this love, I mean, that music, I think that was for me the first song on the album that I was introduced to. Yeah. Um, because of the music video. Uh-huh. And I mean, it just, if you go back and watch it now, it's just, it's so beautifully done. There's, there's like a color palette of like this pink, like cherry blossom trees everywhere. I mean, and it's, um, of course, now I go back and I'm like, I shouldn't have been watching this <laughs> at the time. It's so sexual. But at the, t- you know, at the time, I was just like, it flew right over my head. And I'm just like, oh, my God, he loves her so much. The, yeah, the music videos, that that was what really helped sell the album, too. It did. It did. It gave it a, a, a really good platform, you know, for for all audiences. It, you yeah, you were just able to relate to this shirtless guy or was he shirtless in the video i'm pretty sure it's required for adam levine to be yeah 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 for sure so if if the girls loved it that's what sells you better believe the guys would at least give it a shot yeah you know so these singles come out and if you just listened to the singles of that record you really are shortchanging yourself oh 100 because the greatest or I can't say the greatest song. That's subjective. The my favorite song on that entire record, Sunday Morning. Yeah. Is beautiful, mm-hmm. funky, fun, mm-hmm. uh uh soulful, uh one of the greatest bass lines ever recorded in music. Mickey, if you are ever listening to this podcast, you did it. Also, we'd love to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh call me. So how yeah. do people call our people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but most people relate Maroon Five to "She Will Be Loved," right? Or right. this love, you know, one of the two. Well, and you know, Sunday morning as a track is the only song on the album that really outlines the good times between him and Jane. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like if only our relationship could be like this all of the time, where yeah. we could just have a day where we just stay in bed and like eat pancakes and bacon and watch, you know, <laughs> shitty TV all day. Like that, that's really, and that's, that's kind of sad, honestly. But like you said, the entire album is upbeat. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of the, the, the well, I, I'll say that um, She Will Be Loved is a little sad. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, lyrically, I, I, yes, it is. I, I don't, I don't personally feel that way musically. Okay. Uh, on it, but, uh just yeah, hit, hitting the 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 chord changes throughout that song are just it's 
Yeah, it's just incredible. Well, and if I, you're if you're familiar with the music video, he's literally standing outside of her house in the rain. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> the entire yeah, yeah. video is him giving just all these like guys hope. That, watching but, him with this older this older gentleman in her house through giant windows, mm. which Jane is loaded because her house was massive, <laughs> and he's just standing in the rain watching her. Like that's not creepy at all. They had a big budget on the set, <laughs> and they could you know afford this huge house to, that's amazing. to do that in. It's amazing how you'd pull that off in all of those music videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I wish more I wish more people didn't just relate Maroon 5 to Adam Levine. No, nothing to take away from him or you know, yeah. his musical ability. Obviously, he's a judge on is it the voice? I don't know if he still is. I'm not sure. Was was yeah. I mean, at some point, yes. Yeah, he's a star. Right. No no doubt about it. Uh I've heard some uh, heard some videos of him singing live over the last 15 years. Some of it is not good. Oh, no. Not that perfection is, you know, yeah, it's live, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it, he's still, uh, the dude can sing. Right. You know, if he couldn't, he wouldn't be at the spot where he is. Um, but I wish more people would give credit to Maroon 5 and not so much Adam Levine, because yeah. the band in itself, they are true musicians, and I wish they would have stayed uh, in the the rawness of songs about Jane. Right. But that's not what was selling in oh five, oh six, oh seven, etc. But uh, that's just. Maybe the purest in me. Uh, well, and you know, you had said you would kind of touch base a little bit on these bands like Matchbox 20 uh -huh. and, you know, the bands that were Incubus that were in that time frame. Um, and there were so many talented musicians. There's mm -hmm. so many people that were coming through, like down the pike, that were just were really hitting it out of the park. Um, but they did, there was a little bit of a shift that happens once they start to get like real money come in. Um, there is a change in the way that they make their music, unfortunately, and it, not always for the better. Oftentimes, you know, oftentimes it's not. Yeah. I remember the lead singer from Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas, Thompson. Mm -hmm. Thomas. Rob Thomas. He came out with his own solo stuff and it was very manufactured. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> all right. Not to say that it was any worse or better than than um, Matchbox Twenty. It was just different. Yeah. Um. And I think that happens a lot with a lot of different musicians, and they get kind of caught in the the cogs of capitalist, you know, music machine. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, you yeah. know. Yeah. Every, you know, when when they branch out and go solo, um, every every musician, I feel like at some point, uh, if you've been doing the same thing for several years or at least maybe playing with the same people for several years you need a different outlet yeah you need a you need some some um some change up not to say that it's not fun anymore but you do need a different uh outlet to uh uh you know maybe this song or these songs wouldn't work with the band i want to do my own thing yeah yeah and rob thomas uh I definitely uh, he he did that. I don't know. I think there was maybe talks of Adam Levine, maybe like let's say a decade ago, talks of doing his own thing. I don't. He may even have a solo record out. That I don't I, know for a fact. I don't 
know that he ever really needed to. He kind of stole the show. He kind of stole the show. Right. Yeah. So yes. he didn't he didn't ever really need to like step out from Maroon 5 cuz he was always kind of in front of it as as is. Yeah. So I, I don't know that that would have been necessary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I and again like that's the 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 sexuality of 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 Adam Levine. I get the path that he took, uh, that he has taken in his musical career. I don't know what the guys in Maroon Five are doing now, but I almost wish they would like go and revamp or revisit songs about Jane because how how incredible that record is uh yeah you know yeah you i'm glad that you brought up tangled uh it's uh, uh you know we can we can talk about every song individually for sure that they're all so unique again uh in their own in their own right yeah and you know the singles are are awesome but the rest of the record is so good. Well, and like I'd said at the top of the show, like from start to finish, it's an entire story. Yeah. Which makes it such a unique uh, uh, way to write a song. So it's like it you it takes you track by track through the entire relationship or w- unique way to write an album, I should say, not just a song. But um, yeah, it takes you step by step through the entire relationship. And that's that's really kind of, you know, all on its own. I don't personally know off the top of my head of any other band or artist that's done that. I'm sure there I'm sure it's been done. I just don't know. Yeah. I never necessarily uh I didn't I didn't know that the concept feel. Yeah. I never I never knew that information. It kinda it's making sense to me now as right. I'm like going back through the, the record tracks. front to back mm-hmm. in my mind. Um but yeah uh, just the the brilliance of it all. Uh, it's it's a it's a record I will never get tired of. Uh, maybe I might skip the singles every once in a while when they come <laughs> overplayed. Up. Just, yeah, you know, never harder to breathe, but might skip the other two. Right, you know, this love and whatnot, and she will be loved. But regardless, I mean, I I will always give credit to that record. To, you know, Especially like I said, you know, that came out in '02, and that. It's not the record that got me started in music, but after playing drums for for a couple years, getting into you know senior year and whatnot, oh five, it was it was one of those you you if it were if it was on in a coffee shop, you you found yourself you know bobbing your head a little bit like man this band was good yeah this band is really good yeah. You know, and if you were with a girl, you know, it's like, let me let me put on She Will Be Loved and score some points, you know. After three years later, four years later down the road, yeah. you know, like you said, it hit the billboards in 06. 05. 05. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it, it came out 02. Right. Three years later. Yeah. Three years. They probably already had songs for their sophomore, sophomore record. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. You know, and they were probably over, you know, playing the songs. Not necessarily over. How can you be over any of the songs on that record? But it's like they probably already had several songs off, you know, coming up on a new record. But it's still, uh, you know, uh, an amazing jam record. And you can just, you can turn it on and just 
made made me happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I know you'd said that you kind of wish that they would get back together and and well they are still together, but you wish that they would come out with something close to songs about Jane, but I really think it has a lot to do with where you are in life when it comes to writing music. And I don't know that even if they did attempt it, that it would sound authentic at this point, right? It's a good point. I mean, maybe. Maybe he could write about his him and Bahari is that her name? Bahari, uh his wife? I don't know. I don't either. Oh gosh. They're going to come for me in the comments. I know. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but he could write about the you know, tumultuous relationship between he and his wife. But um, I, still, I still don't know that it would sound like it did at that point in time, unfortunately. Yeah. But you do have that like time capsule of what of this like awesome piece of, of work that they were able to create like fresh out of the gate. They went straight for it. They went to college. They came back together. And they were just like they took off. They were like, we are going to do this. And they, they did it. Yeah. There's not many, there's very, very few bands that have such uh, amazing records right out of the gate, right. front to back. Right. You may yeah. have three or four songs. Like you said, that that Matchbox record, that, it, oh my gosh, like also... I mean, Matchbox, top five band all time for me. Yeah. I love that record. Yeah. But does it mean that it changed my life uh, the way that maybe Songs About Jane did? Not necessarily. Maybe that's coming from a musical standpoint. I think an emotional standpoint, Matchbox 20, that record did. It It, it is close to home for sure emotionally. But – uh you know, musically, I'll I'll do songs about Jane for sure. Yeah. You know, an, another like we were talking about Incubus. You know, they they have two records prior to uh, Make Yourself, which was like their global record. It had Drive on it and Pardon Me and Stellar. They had two records prior. Yeah, such right, a good, right. Such a good album. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Incubus is a we we'd have to do an episode once a day on every song of of that record. Uh but uh you know, very few Third Eye Blind. They, you know, their first record but that's even just mentioning those bands, that was that's Incubus, Maroon 5, Third Eye Blind, uh Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20. Uh, you could you could throw in Lincoln Park probably right in there, being being that their first record achieved true global juggernaut success. Yeah, you know, and it was just the time frame. How awesome it is to be. Uh, what do they title us as? Gen Z. I'm I'm a millennial. Ah. Uh, like you're like on the cusp of that time frame, like the eighties. If you're born mid eighties, eighty six here, it's Gen. I think it's Gen Z. Gen or Z. Gen. Oh no. That's what they label us as. Let's see. Or I'm in that bracket. It's like the true. I mean, if you were able to grow up in the nineties and truly, uh, you experienced uh, Pizza Hut. You're Gen, you know, you're a Gen Xer. Gen X. Oh, okay, Gen X. Yeah, yeah. Gen the, Z is the, the youngins right oh, now. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. 
yeah, the blockbuster, the, uh, you know, that, that time frame, uh, we, it was the greatest, I think the greatest ever, uh, the, is the iPhone had just came out. Uh, I think when did the iPhone, that was like 2004, I think iPhone one, mm-hmm. you know, and you were able to download right it was there. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. Yeah. And I could I could have songs about Jane at my fingertips. Yeah, an iPod first, right though. Yeah, an iPod yeah, yeah, first. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, could have it was, right then. You didn't the have best. to go to your vehicle to you know, to, to listen to the C D. You had it right there at your fingertips. But still going to Hastings and and with your with your friends, grabbing a coffee, roaming the store for right. hours, yeah, and whoever were in charge of the music throughout the store. If you are ever listening to that and you worked at Hastings, great job on hitting the playlists in that time frame. Okay, so have you ever seen Empire Records? True, top ten music. You know, movies. Yeah, I wanted to work at a record store yeah. my entire childhood because I thought it was going to be just like that. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to work at Hastings, and I'm going to be able to pick whatever I want, and I'm going to celebrate Rex Manning Day, and that's going to be my life. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yes, seriously, if if you were worked at Hastings and you got to pick the music, that that was my dream job. Yeah, that was my dream job. Those are my kind of people, <laughs> you know, uh, and the the beauty of it's awesome, you know, talking about, let's say this this record, you know, specifically, because if you, not even necessarily like playing an instrument, you still went back and listened to that mm-hmm. record, and you're like, wow, yeah, the drums this, coming in right there, yeah, it's yeah. just this is a really good record, yeah, and it may not be groundbreaking for every person, but I think it is one of those records that. Everyone at some point in time uh, liked. Right. They may not have loved it, but or they, they don't def- want to openly admit it. Yeah, they won't <laughs> openly admit it. I know. It frustrates me so much. Yeah. Other musicians, I'll let me give a guilty pleasure. Okay. Of mine, I'm, Hanson. Oh, okay. I was afraid of what you were gonna say. <laughs> Hanson is one of my favorite bands ever. Okay. I love them. Will always seen them several times. Some umbop going on, huh? See, you're one of those. You're one of those people. Other than umbop, I Mm. don't know any other Hanson song. I'm so sorry. I'm uneducated in my Hanson background. That that stings. I'm that stings. So sorry. Uh, Yeah. Also, need a whole another week every day of of a podcast to talk about them. At least for me. Uh, yeah, it's uh, also one of those bands that that's what they know off of them. It's I get it. That's, right. That's what you know. <laughs> but, you know, that, that also one of those bands at that time that they're they're doing it. They're they're playing their instruments. They are they're truly being uh, vulnerable in their feelings. These are true lyrics. These are true. Uh, stories and uh, just great musicianship, and it's the, the there's very few bands that have stood the test of time, 
and Maroon 5 being one of them. And wow, just that that record, you know. You're just going to keep hitting play? You're just going to keep hitting play. Yeah. I am. I always will. It's going to go it. down in history for me. Throw that record as my grave is being lifted down. The Toss. records or the CDs? Uh, throw the iPod. Oh, okay, the and, iPod. And, well, you know. Yeah. I'm sure we've got a couple of those laying around somewhere. Someone will have a CD. Hopefully, those will. A hundred. My mom, she does. I know she does. Somewhere, yeah. For what's sure. what's the term? Uh, uh, something can uh, like gum. No, gum doesn't. Uh, what's the term? Trash. It's a. Uh, oh. I don't know. It it it, it breaks away. It's a decompose. Decompose. Uh, I don't Do know. Records this, decompose. So records and CDs. Neither of them decompose. Definitely don't throw them in, in the landfill or in anybody's grave. Hopefully, still somebody <laughs> will have a Maroon Five songs about Jane record they can toss down with me. Okay. Well, I'm so, I'm so glad that, that you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show today, Jordan. This was so much fun just doing all the, the Maroon 5 vibes. It was fantastic. And we're definitely going to have you back on the show at some point to talk about Hanson first and foremost, because I need to do a deeper dive into them, apparently. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. What an awesome subject matter. And we'll be glad to discuss any and all bands perfect i love it i love it a special thanks to tv head jimmy for scoring original music at the top of the show if you're local to the area and you are needing a producer definitely hit him up at tv head jimmy on instagram for all your music producing needs or anything otherwise if you'd like to be on the show or you have a record that you want to bring to the turntable you can shoot us an email at records on pod at gmail.com if you like what you're hearing, please give us a rating and a five-star review anywhere you get your podcast, and tell your friends about us. We're pretty rad. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Records on Repeat Pod, or join our Facebook group. We're going to be talking all things music all the time. Join us next week. We're going to have Remy, the front man for Native Crowds. Uh, you won't want to miss his awesome record he's bringing to the table. Sources for today's episode were Wikipedia Music and a 2021 podcast called Sentimental Garbage, episode eight, uh, season eight, episode 14. We will see you next week.